Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. I um, want to welcome everyone online, and uh, want to know any more about Big Church, just go to bigchurchbarrie.ca, our website. It'll uh, give you all that information. We're glad you're joining us. Um, uh, today we're going to look at um, the the title is "We Can't Lose with the Faith We Use," and no one likes to lose. And a person who likes to lose, there's something not right with them, right? They're depressed. There's something wrong because God created us to win. He created us to succeed. Created us to um, to advance. Um, created us to be fruitful and multiply and take dominion. Taking dominion means to get better and better and better. Amen? And so um, the foundation of that is faith. And the whole Christian walk, the whole foundation of everything we do is in faith. And so if we use it, we win. But if we, if we lose it, we, we don't win. And so we got to guard it. We got to look at it and we got to say, like, you know, first of all, how does it work? Because there's a lot of things with faith we don't understand. Um, and we're going to look at a couple of those principles tonight. So some of you might know them. So I'm stirring you up by reminding you because sometimes we need to just um, get those basic things out. And it's like, no, we got to sharpen this up. You know, Pastor Sheila and I, um, in the area of faith, there's things that we've let get dull and part of when we came into the fast coming into the new year there's some things where God said no you've gotten dull in this area you've you were sharper in this area and you need to to sharpen this in your life and so um that's part of why we're doing this I'm looking at this so in Hebrews 12 let's go there this is our um theme verse actually for the for the replenish weekend um we got uh, Bill and Kathy coming with uh, uh, for the to help us with the replenish this um, this one, and they're bringing a team. They're bringing six people from Kingston, where they're from, to be part of the replenish. So we got people coming from outside of Barrie to come to the replenish, and uh, we're just looking forward to just. It's going to be a great weekend. So next Sunday is a celebration, and you're going to hear lots of testimonies and things that God did in people's lives. I always love those services because. It just, uh, Jesus is real by the things he does. And when we can celebrate that and see that in people's lives. And so we're going we're gonna to do that uh, next Sunday. So come ready. It's going to be good. But this is what it says in Hebrews 12. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. So there's a crowd of witnesses, and we know it's, of course, a crowd here because people are watching our faith. But there's a heavenly crowd. Amen? And it says here that, so they're, 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 they're witnessing and it, it, us do, running this race. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Amen? We do this by what? Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Amen? But not just that. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, 
it says here, the champion. Aren't you glad there's a champion going before us? So keeping our eyes on him, the champion who initiates and, and, per and perfects our faith. Or another translation says the author and the finisher. So he wrote the book on faith, and he finishes the book on faith in my life. Amen? He started it in me, and he's going to get me to the end on this. I'm, you know, and, and we go through bumps. How many know? I mean, if you trained as an athlete, I, I'm looking forward to this replenish because I was an athlete for seven years, a professional athlete. And I know about endurance, and I know about training, and I know about discipline. And I've applied a lot of those principles in my Christian walk that have kept me going. And so I'm looking forward to, to helping people learn some of these things because you need those in order to run this thing and not give up. You, or you're you're going to give up. And I've seen so many people that have stopped running, that are not running anymore, and that have just shipwrecked their faith. And, and I, I don't believe Jesus gives up on them. He's still working on them. But... But we need to keep running strong. Like, we don't need to fall off. And you can know, take a little breather, and it's like, okay, no, let's get back up. And so he is the author, and he is the initiator of our faith. So or the author, and he's the finisher. So we've got to understand that faith is vital, vital, vital in this walk. And we got to guard it. We got to know what it is, and we got to know what it isn't. And we got to know when we have it. And we got to know when we don't have it, because um, it's it's scary when we don't have it. And thank God for the body of Christ in those times when we don't have it. Thank God for those that come around you when when you get sometimes you get a blow like it just you get um, blindsided. And there's, there's things that come your way sometimes, and you don't have the faith at that time. And you can grab other believers around you, and they can sit there and point their fingers at you and condemn you and tell you, where's your faith? And <laughs> No, no, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to grab our lock arms because we're only as strong as our weakest link, and we got to fortify that area of weakness and we gotta hey come on like and and help them to get strengthened and and do whatever we can to help them continue to run in the race and ephesians 6 we're going to look at this um it gives us some armor and some things to be able to to fight this battle and i'm going to focus on just one aspect of it but we're going to read the passage just because it's a good passage ephesians 6 we're going to start at verse 10 and so it says a final word. It says, be strong, what? In the Lord and in his mighty power. So that's, that's where my strength has, has to lie. It's not in everything else around us. Our strength has to be in his might and in his power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. So the devil has strategies. And he has lots of them. And God has given us armor to fight him. Amen? So we're not, we're not defensive. We're offensive. We're able to. And the armor, if we look at the armor and we're gonna, when we're breaking it down, it's all for your front side. In other words, we're not supposed to retreat. There is nothing covering your backside. So if you run your lunch, 
because your armor does not work if you run away. It doesn't work. And so let's go through it quick here. But first of all, he breaks it down. He says, for we're not fighting against flesh and blood. So let's remember, we're not fighting. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not fighting against you. Although sometimes we know it's easy to do. (laughs) But we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But we're fighting against rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is why prayer is so important, guys. It's because that's where we're winning our battle. We're winning our battle in the air before we win it on the ground. This is why prayer is vital. We, we treat it so much in our culture like, oh, it's a secondary thing. Oh, maybe if I you know, can make it, if I can't. It's like, no, no. We, part of our battle is we have to fight this. And the way we fight it is by praying. And by gathering together corporately, we, we're like an army that can kick certain demons out that we can't kick out individually. It's like that in, in certain battles. Some battles you need to fortify. There's some things in our city. And this is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm, I'm saying we need to pray as the churches of Barry and, and Ignite Barry is, is so important. is because there are things that we can push back in our city united as the church in this city, that one individual church can't fight. We can't. There's battle strategies. So we've got to look at these things. And then it says here, so, um, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. So not just the pieces you like. Because a lot of Christians, they just want the helmet of salvation. And you know what that is? A Christian streaker. Helmet only. You're like, <laughs> you're just running with. I got saved. I got my helmet of salvation on, and I, you're out there. And the devil is like gonna eat your lunch. That helmet is just gonna protect your head. Every other part of you. <clears throat> so he says, put on every piece of God's armor, and we're gonna focus on on one tonight. So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. We're not going to look at that tonight, but there is a whole thing on that. For shoes put on peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. And this is what we're going to focus on. In addition to all of these... Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit when you feel like it and when it's convenient. (laughs) When it fits into my schedule, because you know what, tonight I'm a little bit tired. That's when we need to pray the most, guys. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be what? Persistent in your prayers. 
like that widow. God, avenge me of my adversaries. When there's something that's wrong, stop complaining to everyone else. Petition God. Don't waste your energy on things that are enforcing the enemy's hand. When we complain, we put the forces of darkness to work. We're speaking death. Let's speak life. Let's speak what God can do. Let's speak the solution that sends angels out to begin to get those things done. Amen? Pray in the Spirit at all times, every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your, in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So take up the shield of faith, which you will be able to stop all the fiery darts of the enemy. So the one thing about the shield of faith is all the other things are there and they help, but the shield of faith is your first point of contact against the enemy. Because with that shield, you can hold it up, and when a dart comes, it's the first thing. It doesn't have to hit your breastplate. It doesn't have to hit your... You can, with that shield... Who's the... I'm trying to think, who is uh, one of the superheroes that has... <laughs> Captain America. Of course, Maddie. Maddie has her own Captain Canada. <laughs> She's this big Captain America fan, so for the, for the bachelor party for their wedding, we, we dressed up Andrew as Captain Canada. <laughs> and we made him go around in this goofy outfit, and we made him do all these hero stunts, which were just stupid, all over town. <laughs> and then the last stop, he ras rescued Maddie. We had a villain take Maddie. We're, we're very creative. <clears throat> And, uh, and she didn't die. Captain Canada saved her. <laughs> Who says you can't have fun? You have to drink and do all kinds of stupid stuff for a bachelor party. No. But with that shield of faith, when that shield of faith is up, you're ready. But what the enemy tries to do is he tries to, first of all, not... Let us recognize that we have a shield of faith. Gets us to put it down. Gets us to stop. So that then, you know, first line of defense, if you're not wearing your breastplate of righteousness and you're under condemnation, and then those darts begin to penetrate. You begin to believe the lies. You begin to, it just, those, the devil is a strategist. And he is trying everything he can to, if he can't stop you, he's going to slow you down. And we've got to be ready, and we've got to know, okay, my faith, it's so important. And, and so how do, I, how do I live in this faith? How do I, how do I keep this faith strong? Well, let's, we're going to look at it in Hebrews. And just um, Hebrews 11 is the, the, the chapter of faith. Um, we're going to look at it, and we're going to just, again, just remind ourselves of what faith is. And it, it is so simple, but we, we forget it so many times. And, and the simple basis of faith is, it's knowing God and drawing on his nature. If we're, if we're to look at it in its simplest form. So we're taking who he is and we're drawing upon that and we're bringing it into our reality. Because he's unseen. We're going to look at this. So it says here, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. 
Another tr translation says it's the title deed. How many have a property that you maybe you have somewhere and you don't ha you're not on that property, but you have the title deed for it? Anyone? Okay. That is proof that that property is yours. Even though you don't see it right now, even though it's not there, right in front of us, it's like, no, that's, that's my guarantee. That's how sure it is. And God is saying, look, this is what faith does. When, when you connect with me and the reality of who I am and the reality of what I have, even though it's not seen, as soon as you grab a hold of it by faith, as soon as you believe, it's yours. It's like it says here, um, it's the evidence of things we cannot see. <clears throat> it says here, through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So first of all, we have to understand that the foundation of everything we see right now was in the heart of, and mind of God before it ever was a reality. And God himself, by faith, spoke and commanded, let there be light, and boom, light came. Let there, and he just began, by, the, by his command, it was established. He took from what was invisible, and he made it visible. And we see this all the time. We see natural faith operating all the time. We see this city at one point was a field or a forest. But who knows, First Nations, settlers, whoever came in, they saw something more, right? And they began to see, look, this can become something more. And each progression, it was not a reality, and it became a reality. What, and they grabbed a hold of something. But how many know in God there are things? The Bible says, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. This is our calling. If anyone wants to know, what's my calling? This is your calling. All of us. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are enforcers of that. Every one of us, to some degree, wherever we are, all the time. Everything that we're doing, everything that we're connected to through the, the family of God is those are the things that we are beginning to see. Those are the things that, that are beginning to happen. When you start seeing things, and you're like, why isn't this here? Why isn't that there? You know what is a good thing to ask yourself? Why am I seeing this? Because a lot of times God has you seeing it because he wants you to bring that. I remember when I first came to the city, I was complaining about, this wasn't here and this wasn't here and with the churches and all these different, and God's like, well, that's why I have you here. Like, this is something you can bring. Like, sometimes we're seeing something and we're like, what, what, you know, the problem here is like God saying, no, I want you to be a part of that. This is where you can bring my kingdom and let my will be done in that situation. Everyone has a part. Amen. And we're not always seeing everything. Aren't you glad? Could you imagine if all of us knew everything and saw everything and we're like, you'd go crazy. And so each one of us, God gives us pieces. God gives us a portion. God gives us 
the ability by his grace to do certain things, but each one of us has a part, but he holds the whole picture. Amen? He's the one that initiates, and he's the one that fi is finishing this thing. And my responsibility is to do my part. And we're going to see this with, with uh, we're going to follow Abraham. Because Abraham, <clears throat> um, he was the start of this. God began by calling a man. And he, he was like, I'm going to call a man who is going to live by faith. He's the father of faith, the Bible says. So he's not just the father of natural children, which we're going to look at, which his wife was barren. They were old. And they were not going to have children. But God's like, no, you are going to have children. You're going to have descendants so numerous that no one can count them. You know how many Jewish people are in the earth right now? Well, 2019 stat was 200 million. So that's just natural descendants. Then there's the children of faith because he's the father of faith. Billions. Billions. And then we go through the generations and the generations and the generations. And it started with one man that dared to believe. Amen? And that's where it is with us, guys. We're the ripple. We're that first. We're always looking for, we want the big and the epic. And it's like, no, it starts with that first drop. It started with Abraham. And there's a ripple effect. And we, we, we don't realize that, that God starts these things. So let's look at it in Hebrews 11. We're going to start at verse 8. And it says it was by faith. So this is how, Noah, how Abraham did it. By faith, Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. We, he went without knowing where he was going. How many know it takes faith to go somewhere where you don't know where you're going? <laughs> God's like, okay, it's time to go. And you just got to step out. But he, he knew. He knew in his knower. He knew God. And he knew this is what I've got to do. This is the next step. And this is the thing when we step out in faith. Is, is God is the one that gives you um, the witness. And the thing that I always marks for me when I make a decision. Where I know I'm stepping out in faith. God doesn't leave you. It, like, always stays there. And it's like it never, ever leaves. It's like it's God today, it's God tomorrow, it's God the next day. It's like it never, ever stops when he's telling you to do something. Has anyone ever experienced that? It's like it's a constant. It's almost like if you don't do it, it becomes very apparent. It's like, okay, I'm being disobedient, right? But... But he gives you that ability to be able to, when you hear, when you know that, to step into it, even though you don't see what you need to see. And that's the beginning of faith. And so he did this without knowing where he was going. Even, it says, even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who, who inherited the same promise. So they inherited a promise. Abraham couldn't even give them a land, couldn't even give them, um, you know, all of this that God had promised. Some promises that God gives us are in seed form, and it's not for us. It's going to be for another generation after us, and they have to keep watering it. We were like instant, you know, microwave, poof, 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 God, do it now, do it suddenly, do it, do it, do it, do it. It's like, no, he's on, he's on his own timeline, and he's doing it 
fine. He's really, really smart. He knows what he's doing. He's not dumb like us. And, you know, mess everything up and, and, you know, get... There's a proverb that says, haste makes mistakes. And it's so true. How many times we just do something in haste and we're like... And you just, you make all these mistakes. And God's just constantly steady and he's got... And he's doing things and he's building and he's, he's doing it over time. But, and Abraham gave a promise to Isaac gave a promise to Jacob. This one day is going to be all of ours. And they're like in their tents and they're like, yeah, sipping their coffee, looking out at the field. And, you know, they're probably knowing there's going to eventually be a temple for God and all these things, but they didn't get to see it. It says here, um, and it says here, he gave them a promise. And it says, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. A city designed and built by God. So ultimately, he was like, I'm doing this for God. And ultimately, God's the designer of this. And I know that what, what I do on here on earth is, is one part. But I'm going to a place where he's building another city. They, they had eternity in their perspective. We, guys, we have to have eternity in our perspective more. That we, we, when we're doing certain things that... It affects eternity. That, that it, um, you know, the Bible says when we lay up treasures on earth and we give them to God, we're laying up treasures in heaven. So there's sometimes things we sacrifice, but it's not a sacrifice because we're getting treasures in heaven. God pays back. Amen? But we don't, we don't always have that eternal perspective. We lose it. But Abraham understood this. And so it says here, um, and, it, and it says, And it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And sometimes that's all it takes, guys. It doesn't take us being able to figure it out. It doesn't take us being really super smart. It's just being convinced. God gave the promise. God can do it. Amen? That's it. That's enough. That's all she needed. And it says here that God would keep his promise. And it says, and so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. Right? And a nation with so many people that, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised. But they saw it all from the distance and welcomed it. And they agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they would have gone back. And this is the choice that we have to make a lot of times in the walk of faith. There are times we can go back to our default. We can go back to what's familiar. We can go back to um, earthly. And we can settle for things that are just earthly. And it's easy to do. We can do it. Why? Because it, it's less work. Right? 
you can just feel like, you know what, I've accomplished something here. I got this and this little thing and this little thing, and they're nice. And I'm going to just be comfortable with this. Whereas the thing with God is he gives us promises that are way bigger than us, that we will never fulfill on our own, and that we will not even fulfill in our lifetime. Because like, he's not like us. He doesn't put everything on one person. He sees a bigger picture, and he sees that every part is important. I remember uh, hearing a testimony of a person who, who had died in a car accident. They were clinically dead. They were like a real dead person. And they were raised to life after, I don't know how long they were dead. I can't remember. That's not important. What's important is when they came back, what, what, they, what happened to them, they, they were taken up to heaven, and they said the thing that they were, and this just amazes me, when they came to the gates to come in, Jesus was there welcoming them, but all the people that were a part of um, that person coming to know the Lord, that one, that one, that one, the ripple effect, all of those people, not just the initial person that led them to the Lord, the one that led that one to the Lord, and the one that led that one to the Lord, and the one that led that one to the Lord, were all there to welcome him. It's like God doesn't just look at the one thing. He looks at how everything is connected. We're like a family, right? Amen? And, and so none of us gets here by ourselves. We're, we're riding on the prayers of those that have gone before us. We're riding on many of the things that they have done. And there are things we need to do to establish the ground for those that are going to come after us. Amen? That's heaven's perspective. That's the walk of faith. And so they, they could have gone back, but they were looking and they were saying, no, God, you're preparing. You're doing something bigger. You're doing something more here. I'm not just living for the now. I'm not going to just settle for what I see here. There is more. Amen? And then it says here, but they were looking for a better place, a, a, a heavenly homeland. And that is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Amen? He's got a city prepared for us. Isn't that awesome? And so let's go uh, look at some of the, the other heroes before we wrap up. But this is what I want us to see is our faith will do two things. Our faith will make us do amazing things, and our faith will, be, will, will make us be able to take amazing things. What do I mean by that? It means you can give a punch, but you can also take a punch. You got to have faith for both. We're going to see this in the wrap-up of the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11.32. It says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of, of the faith of Gideon, Bar Barak, Samson. And you know, guys, it's really important to read your Bibles because these stories are amazing. And don't just read them once because I've read them over and over again, and there's a, it's amazing what you forget because this book is alive. And there's things God brings out. It's like, oh, I never saw that before. And so um, Gideon's faith, 
Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, it says these people overthrew kingdoms. So they, they literally overthrew a kingdom. They ruled with justice. They received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lion. We know that with Daniel. They quenched the flames of, the, of fire. They escaped death by the edge of the sword. There's multiple times with David's mighty men and goes on and on. Women received their loved ones back from the dead. But, uh, but so how many know those are pretty awesome things? It's, we love that side of faith. It's like, yeah, rah, faith to conquer, right? But it says here, but others were tortured by faith. Because it takes faith to be tortured, right? I'm not getting a big amen there. <laughs> it's like I was like, oh, ouch. Refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. Now, we got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refused. They didn't burn. We got the Apostle John. He refused, and they boiled him in oil, and he didn't boil. But then, you know, some got their heads chopped off, and both take faith. I, I just want to have faith. Whether the head stays on or it goes off, I don't, that doesn't matter. It's that I'm believing, that I'm actually faithful to God and true to him to the end. That's the, that's the part. That's, it's like, can I do it? Can I not do it? No, you can't do it. None of us can. It's not about us. It's being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's about the falling in, in the arms of the one who initiated your faith because he's the one that's going to complete it. It's drawing back to him. It's, it's grabbing a hold of who he is in the midst of maybe you don't understand. That's a cool thing about faith is faith doesn't have to know everything. It just has to know him. That's enough. And it says here, they refused. They refused to turn uh, from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sh sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world. Wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. And this is the thing we got to remember, is that God sees that. And that when the mark of God is on our life, and that we are following the, the God who created the heavens and the earth, whatever we have to go through, good or bad, we have to be able to accept it all. We can't just all just think, oh, because it didn't go floatsy wotsy the way I wanted it. It's like there's some things he gets you to accept that you have to walk through with sharing his sufferings. He, he had them. Our champion suffered. Suffered abuse. Suffered rejection. Suffered betrayal. Suffered all kinds of things. 
He lived in that. And we got to know, look, like God sees that we're too good for this world when we follow him. And it says all these people earned what? A good reputation. Why? Because they were really hard workers. God helps those who help themselves. Don't you know? <laughs> because why? Because of their faith. Because they chose to believe in the one. They chose to allow their life to be governed and dictated by the one. They allowed the decision that they make, good or bad, because sometimes there's a decision that God gets you to make, and it's like it's the hard road, but it's what has to be done. How many? Every parent knows this with your kids, that little blessing, that little angel. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> they're like, you, you have to persevere through some tough things to get them through, right? God's got a plan, and there are some times he's saying, look, you've got to walk this part of this plan, and this isn't the fun part, but this is part of what we've got to do. And guess what? When you get up to heaven, I'll rub your feet, and you'll be good. But while you're down here, you're going to get some bruises and some... some because he will bruise our heel. We get to crush his head, the devil's head. But he does bruise our heel. So we do feel it. But God is there. And it says, all these people earned a good reputation because of the f their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. None of them. Why? Because God always is looking. He's generational. He, when he gives a promise, he sees generations fulfilling it. He doesn't, you know, one time I was listening to this guy. I can't remember who he was. Uh, I can't remember his name now, but I remember the statement. He wrote to his wife. She had done something, I can't remember. It really impacted the children. It was really powerful. It's something that marked their household marked the kids' lives. And he said, honey, generations will thank you. Because it, she started something, and it will have a ripple effect. And we, we forget. We forget that God's a generational God. And so the promises he gives us, we might see parts of it. And thank God when we see. How many are glad when you see? You see little promises here and there. But the big, big, big ones, a lot of times, we, we're not going to see all of it. We might see parts of it, and great when we do, but we're never going to see all the promises God gives us because it's not just about you and me and our generation. God is generational. Amen? And so these promises, it says here, they, they, because of their faith, yet none of them received all God promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Isn't that awesome? We're all playing a part. That crowd's cheering us on, and they're like, okay, 
Greg, do your part. Do your part. And, and you know, they know that when that part's done, then someone else is going to kick in. Aaron's going to kick in, and he's going to do the... No. <laughs> he knows who, right? And there's different ones, and it's like, he, he knows. He knows those next, but each one of us have a part. And that's what I love about God, is he doesn't throw the whole thing on and just say, do it all. He's like, no, I've given you this part. And he, and he helps. He gives us something we can do. And it is even beyond what we think we can do. But he believes in us that we can do it. And he pushes us so that we can. So then we, we have this sense of we've accomplished it. We're doing it like Timothy. We just watched Timothy last night. And, um, and, you know, he's walking and stuff now. But, you know, when you stand, just stand up, he's like, he's not walking. He's crawling. He's standing up and he's walking from furniture and stuff. But anyway, you just look at him and you're like, oh, you can walk. And he's like, you know, and he, he gets this face like, that's the way God is with us. You know, we're like, we're finally getting our legs. And he's like, oh, yeah, you can walk. And we're like, yeah, I can, you know. And, and it, like, that's our father. That's Jesus, the champion that's before us in our faith. Now, you might have been ripped down by, by people, by even people in the church, and they weren't your best cheerleaders in the race. They chopped your legs off, and they, like, slapped you down, and, you know, you could have done better. Could have done better. Come on. It's like, no, that's not Jesus your champion. Jesus your champion believes in you, doesn't give you more than you can handle, and pushes you and says, yes, you can do more. And I know you can. And he was a, he's a good champion. And he initiated this faith, and he knows how to make it grow so that it can be completed. And so this is what I want us to keep in our, inside of us as we're growing in this walk of faith, that we are, we are holding on to that as we are getting these new thoughts, new dreams, new ways in this new season. Because as we are stepping out into new things, how many God is pushing you and it's like he, he's getting you to step out more? Right? Okay, good. Good. Because he's doing that in this season. He's not wanting us to... Why? Because the world needs more from the church. There is a demand coming for the church to be more than it is. And we're like, the Bible says when sin abounds, grace abounds more. So there is grace being released on us to be able to walk in more. But we have to be willing. We have to be willing, and it's taking that step of faith. We're, Michelle was talking about this at our small group. Um, when, a, when a mother eaglet um, wants the babies to get out of the nest, what she does, she makes it super comfortable with all these feathers, and they're in their little gushy little place, and they're growing, and they're getting stronger and stronger. But when it's time to fly, she starts to pull out all the fluff from the nest, and then she starts pulling out the sticks so that they're pokey, and it becomes extremely uncomfortable. 
and then they eventually want to get out of the nest and they know they look down and it's like, right? And they don't know how to fly. But they're so uncomfortable that they, they have to get out. How many gods put you in that kind of a spot? There's, there's, it's like you're hemmed in and you're like, okay, I got to. There's only one way to go. It's over the cliff. <laughs> but you, you have to do it. And you got to know that when you do it, and like the mother eagle, what she does is she, she will literally, they, get, they either jump out or she pushes them out when they're at the edge. They fall. They're trying to find their wings, and they're, you know, and they don't fly right away mostly. But when she, they get close to the ground, she flies underneath and picks them up on her back and brings them way up in the sky so that they can fall again. <laughs> because this is what I learned figure skating when I was training. Falling is learning. Now, for figure skating, you get to fall on freezing cold hard ice. And you're coming down from a jump and you splat on freezing cold hard ice. And Somehow you have to, in your mind, say, falling's learning. This is fun. <laughs> I'm learning. I just busted my butt on that one, but I'm learning. And it's not a bad thing. <laughs> and and I, I had to convince myself. And, and, but, but what happens is when you do fall, you learn. You learn something so that you can do it, so then eventually you do it without falling. And then you have that satisfaction. But you don't get that right at the beginning. And a lot of times that's what we want in our Christian walk. We want this where someone else does it for me. And I just walk behind them and I just watch them. And we want everyone else, you know, in front of us to do it. But we don't want to take our turn. No, with your turn comes your terror. And you will get a turn. And with your turn comes your terror. You will jump off the cliff and you won't die. Amen? <laughs> so we're going to do some cliff diving in this next year. Because God wants us to mount up with wings as eagles. He wants us to fly. He wants us to be able to do more. And it's not a hard thing for him. It's an easy thing for him. And it's an easy thing for us when we make it simple. And it's simply believing who he is and what he said and what he can do. Just simply believing. You know, when God called me, um, it, Sheila and I, uh, um, I went to Bible school first year in New York at Christ for the Nations. And I did one year. And then we got married at 19. Um, and... Then I didn't go back for the schooling. I, it, God kind of put it on pause, and we had kids right away, and we started raising a family. But then at about, how old was Josh when? Anyway, I, I had become a menswear manager, did that for a bit, got bored. I was like, I'm going to start a business. I started a cleaning business. It did well. And I was, but I was miserable. Why? Because I knew God had something more, and I didn't know how to get there. And anyway, God opens the door for us to go to St. Catharines. We're living in Aurelia. 
And he opens this door with this, this ministry and this man who we just really knew God's connected us. There's faith here. We're going to grow. But it was like Aurelia St. Catharines. How many know that's a big step? And so you know what God called us to do? He called us in the middle of recession, not convenient, recession. He didn't ask us, you know, is it okay if I move you in the middle of recession? And guess where I'm going to move you? I'm going to move you to one of the worst cities that was affected by the recession, St. Catharines, because GM, all of that was, pfft. we're going to put you right in that city. <laughs> you're going to sell your business, and you're going to jump out of the nest. <laughs> and you know what we did? And we lived by miracle by miracle. And, we, and I went through Bible school. We went through it debt-free. Amen! No credit cards! Cash, baby! Sheila made me make a promise. We made a promise together because God called me into Bible school in the first service. And she's like, okay, but it's got to be paid for. Or you're not going. And the day the first day of school, the day before, was Sunday service. And they were launching all of the Bible school students. They were getting them to stand up in the service. These ones are starting tomorrow. My bill was not paid for my first semester. There was a portion on it, but it was not paid. And she looks at me and she says, you are not standing. Because we had said, it's got to be paid for. If, if this is God, it's God. And so during the worship, one lady comes up to me, and she's like, whispers in my ear, someone just bought you a school bill. <laughs> <laughs> so I turned to my wife, telephone, someone just bought you a school bill. <laughs> Guess who gets to stand up? <laughs> no. <laughs> She was believing with me. Don't make it sound like we were competing, because we weren't. We were both standing for God's promise. But it was, there was, it was miracle upon miracle upon miracle. And I could go on and on in that two years. We had to live from miracle to miracle. Why? Because God made it in a way that I could not make this thing happen. Like, I just wasn't smart enough, and I wasn't prepared enough. And guess what? He can use dumb people. I was dumb. Seriously. On a lot of the things I stepped into, I did it really dumb. <laughs> and that's okay. They're like, oh, you think the fishermen were smart? They were fishermen. But they were willing to take the, the, the step. And I believe we're going to be doing that. Amen. If I can have the worship team, we're going we're gonna to just pray over these things. And we're going to give our hearts to God in, in really committing ourselves to him and just saying, God, we want what you want. We want what you want, God. And then, God, I just thank you. I thank you that you are good. You are good. And your love is today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.